This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, and this is The Campaign Catch-Up. Every afternoon until polling day, I'll be here with the latest on key issues driving this election. It's Thursday, the 14th of April. Here's what happened today. Now that the party's opening pitch to voters is out of the way, the campaign is starting to focus on the promises leaders are making or breaking. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was in northern Tasmania, in the Liberals' most marginal seat of Bass. Great, since I was last down here uh, with Bridget just less than two weeks ago. He confirmed that if the coalition gets re-elected, it'll go ahead with its plan for a National Integrity Commission to weed out corruption, but only if Labor supports it and the Senate doesn't change it. We put forward our proposal in detailed legislation and it has not been supported by the Labor Party. That means the plans for the commission are effectively dead, breaking a promise Morrison made three years ago. And you haven't delivered on a promise about trust, about integrity. So how can Australians I, I trust you when with you it's a broken promise, isn't it? No, it's not. Why? The PM couldn't secure enough support for the government's preferred model because it was heavily criticised, so the coalition didn't introduce it into parliament. And now he's refusing to try to negotiate with Labor on another model that could pass. I'm not going to introduce a, a, a kangaroo court. I'm not going to introduce a policy that I don't think is in the nation's best interests and how it would be corrupted by a Labor Party that's more interested in playing politics with this issue. Rochelle Miller, a former media advisor of Education Minister Alan Tudge, has weighed in on recent reports she was paid more than $500,000 by the Department of Finance. Last year, Miller brought a workplace harassment suit against Tudge and Employment Minister Michaelia Cash, alleging she was bullied during her affair with Tudge and afterwards, which both ministers deny. The coalition has so far refused to comment on the payment, saying that it's a confidential matter between Ms Miller and the department. And Prime Minister Scott Morrison is standing by Tudge as a minister in his cabinet, citing an investigation that found there wasn't enough evidence he'd breached ministerial standards over the matter. But today, Miller posted a copy of an open letter from her lawyer waiving her right to confidentiality over the matter. This effectively puts the ball in the government's court over the controversy and paves the way for the department or the Prime Minister to answer any questions from the media about her legal claim and the details of the financial settlement. And late yesterday, Scott Morrison withdrew his previous support for a private member's bill, excluding transgender women from playing women's sport. It's a private member's bill. The government doesn't have any plans uh, for that to be a government bill. It's a private member's bill. And I've told you very clearly what my views on that bill are. Only a few days ago, Morrison said he supported Tasmanian Liberal Senator Claire Chandler's views and suggested that the government could support her bill. The PM was also on the campaign trail promoting his hand-picked Liberal candidate in the seat of Warringah, Catherine Deves, who started an organisation that campaigns to prevent trans women from female sports. She's standing up for things that she believes in, and I share her views on those topics. I think it's important that they're raised. This is just about, you know, common sense and, and, and what's right. But then, reports about Deves' offensive social media posts about trans children, which she since deleted, were revealed. In deleted social media posts, she described transgender children as surgically mutilated and sterilised. That's prompted the PM to change course. She has withdrawn and apologised for those views. 
Morrison says he didn't know about Deeb's comments and he's now distancing himself from Chandler's bill. But so far, he's still endorsing Deeb's as the Liberal candidate for Warringah. Someone who's been following this very closely is political reporter Paul Karp, who joins me now. Hi, Jane. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this controversy around trans women. Paul, why have trans women become a talking point in this federal election? Well, I think the reason Morrison originally supported the bill and why he voiced support for Catherine Deeves' advocacy is because they do want to send a signal to people that are campaigning against trans rights that the Morrison government is conservative and is is on their side. Mm. Um, but the, the difficulty is that there are Liberal moderates in, in the Liberal Party who understand that this is something that has to be dealt with sensitively, understand that this is a very vulnerable group of people that are at risk of suicide and anxiety and, and all the rest of it and don't need to have their existence and their gender identity politicised and, and to become a political football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in recent days, as you say, we've seen Liberal moderates like Finance Minister Simon Birmingham and, and Anne Rustin who've been in damage control trying to hose down the Prime Minister's limited comments over the bill. And they say it's not necessary. We already have laws that deal with issues to do with trans women in sport. And we also have independent candidates who've voiced their concerns. In fact, Zali Stegall, who's fighting Deves for the seat of Warringah, says that she should be disendorsed as the Liberal candidate. So how much has all of this opposition played into the backflip that we've seen in recent days from Morrison? I think that pushback made it clear to Morrison that this was an issue that could create division in the party and would be more damaging than it would be worth to try and signal to conservative voters uh, uh, on this issue. And so he did beat a retreat. This isn't something that he wants to be talking about between now and election day, and he, he said that it's not a government bill. And what that means is if it's not a government bill, it's not guaranteed it will ever come to a vote. If it does come to a vote, then people are free to vote however they like on it, and even ministers like Ruston and Birmingham could vote against it. Uh, so it, it basically it, it dooms it from the start because no one will be compelled to vote for it. And Paul, what do these comments by Catherine Deves mean for the contest in Warringah between her and independent MP Zali Stegall? Well, I think this seals that they're not going to be gaining Warringah back. I mean, plan A for Warringah was to get a star candidate like, you know, the former Premier Mike Baird or former Premier Gladys Berejiklian. That was plan A. Didn't come off. Uh, then it was vacant for a long time and caught up in this uh, dispute of um, Morrison and Alex Hawke and that faction wanting to, to handpick candidates. And now they've filled it with a, a, an ultra-conservative when the reason they lost the seat is because Tony Abbott was too conservative for the electorate. Um, so I think this guarantees that they're not going to be winning this seat back. It's just whether they can, you know, stem the damage now or whether voters in neighbouring seats who, you know, like their MP are angry about it and the fact that Morrison has backed Catherine Deves. Could we see Deves disendorsed by the party? 
last election campaign, we were talking about uh, Jessica Whelan, the Liberal candidate in Lyons, and some of her anti-Islamic comments on social media. And they toughed that out for a good half week or a week. But eventually, the pressure became too much and they had to had to ditch her. And the same thing could happen here, where the answer on day one and two is we're not going to disendorse Catherine Deves, but then it becomes too much of a, a thorn in their side. They're not likely to regain Warringah anyway, so that they could make the judgment that this puts other seats like North Sydney and Higgins at risk and it's just not worth it. Do you think that this could have a broader impact on the campaign beyond the seat of Warringah for the coalition? When you look at some of the things that Catherine Deves has said, like uh, describing where at Purple Day, which celebrates you know, sexual and, and gender diversity, she called it a grooming tactic that promotes extreme body modification. Uh, I, I think that sort of language is going to be off-putting to the queer community generally. And the coalition holds lots of socially progressive uh, seats that would be concerned about the attacks on trans people would be concerned about those comments uh, directed at the queer community generally, uh, places like North Sydney, Higgins, Wentworth, uh, and you know we have to keep we have to keep in mind that real people are affected by this sort of language and the politicisation of of their families and their identity. And since I recorded this conversation with Paul, news continues to break. Our colleague Michael McGowan has uncovered more comments Catherine Deves made on a YouTube panel discussion last year, where she appears to compare her campaign to prevent trans athletes from competing in women's sports to Germans standing up against the Holocaust in the Second World War. We'll post a link to that article on the Full Story website. That's your campaign catch-up. If you're enjoying the show, I'd recommend you also have a listen to our political editor, Catherine Murphy's weekly podcast, Australian Politics. It's available wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and me, Jane Lee. The executive producers are Miles Martignoni and Gabrielle Jackson. We're taking a little break over the Easter weekend, but we'll be back following the campaign trail on Monday. See you then. Mm-hmm.